Had him the whole way. If you really think about it, no. If you think about it, they had him the whole way. Scherzer. Yeah. Hey, no cursing. Okay. No, no, that's no, that's. God dang it! Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's to the next installment of Raisin Brand. And what was that? What? That was that was a bizarre slow delivery from you. Normally, we're much more in cadence together. Okay. I'm Ray, and I'm Brent. And this is a show where we talk about sports nonsense and uh, personal trolling, and you get two scoops of everything ho- hot action. And this week, we're going to have two scoops of Ray being sad about many things. Oh, there are a couple depressing things that happened over the weekend, but I would like to say there was one gloriously. Well, let's just let's just yeah, yeah. Lay no, it out you're there talking about quick. the Chiefs being six and zero. That is yeah! not what I'm talking. They're about. undefeated, baby. I, I do not care for your Kansas City Chiefs. Now, here's the deal: they they did scare. Come on, you were not scared by that game at all, uh, Ray. We won by 17 points. You know, I'd like to say you probably owe me a uh, thank you, a, a debt of gratitude, perhaps, because it wasn't until I texted you to troll you that they might lose to the Raiders that they went on their huge scoring tear to win that game. Yeah, you know, 24 points in a row. Look. Trail Pryor's getting killed the whole game. He got sacked 10 times. Yeah. No, the Raiders are not good. He got sacked 10 times. He got picked three times. You know, yeah, they were ahead 7 nothing early in the game and right before halftime, but then there was no... No, no, no. But another bad thing's happened. I mean, uh, your University of Michigan Wolverines lost in four overtimes to the Penn State Nittany Lions insert shower room joke here. Yeah, I mean, what, what do you want, Ray? They should have lost before overtime. Well, so. overtime sucks in college football, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on in the show. And then we got baseball. We got baseball where the uh, L.A. Dodgers, down two games to none, looking dead. Hing- that team is stiff as a corpse right now. And they have Hingen Ryu and Ricky Nolasco pitching the next two games. No, wait, who's who's the Uh-oh. pitcher for game three? Hingen Ryu. It's my favorite Street Fighter Two character. That's right. Are you good? Are uh, you good? Tiger. Tiger, Tiger, uppercut. That's my favorite uh, nice. from that. And then, but then we have the Detroit Tigers yakking a five-run lead with two innings to go, despite just dominating. I mean, there's right. no other word that dominating. Stop messing the Boston with me. Red Sox. Stop messing with me. I'm messing with you. I was watching the game last night. I saw they're up five nothing eighth. I was like, I see the writing on the wall. I just turned it off. Oh well, then we don't have anything to talk about. Then. Okay, good. <laughs> but the the one bright spot, the one, and this is the one that almost overshadows everything. Because here's the deal: Dodgers got three games at home coming up. Right? They're okay. They're okay. I still feel okay for their chances against the Cardinals. Clearly, they have to win games three, maybe, and four in order to to get back, but there's a chance there. That is a very talented team. The Detroit Tigers coming back home, still tied one game to one with Justin Verlander on the mound game three on Tuesday. That's not a a terrible situation. Michigan Wolverines, I don't, you know, Penn State, they're not even really like they're a, a rival as far as I'm concerned. It's Michigan State, uh, Notre Dame, which is no longer even a rival, because they're leaving our schedule like a bunch of bumbos in Ohio State. And beyond that, it's like, I want them to do well. I want them to win every game. But do I get broken up when they lose a game here and there? No, I don't think they're a great, great team. So I don't get my hopes up. Okay. But there is one bright spot is what I'm getting at. Your Detroit Lions defeating those dastardly, dastardly Cleveland Browns. And as I was tweeting all weekend long, it's not that the Detroit Lions won't beat the Cleveland Browns. It's that the Detroit Lions physically are unable to lose to those awful Brandon Whedon, 92-year-old first-year quarterbacks, Cleveland Browns. You were so lucky that their starting quarterback got injured. We would have killed Steny Hoyer. What are you talking about? Man, he went. He's from Ohio. He yes, he is. you up, dude. What are you talking about? Detroit Lions, we crush them. We crush them. Actually, there's one story uh, besides the uh, the Grand Theft Auto talk, which I did want to uh, at least reference. This is not about your personal life. No. Grand Theft Auto. We're talking about the video game. Grand no, Theft no. Auto. I, yeah. I, I have committed a barrage of Grand Theft Autos, but that's why I had to move across yeah. the country from Detroit yeah. in the first place. The, no, no, no. I'm talking about a story that actually affects both of us in, a, in, a, in its own way which we didn't really talk about a lot following that Green Bay debacle with the Detroit Lions, is that 
apologies had to be made from one University of Nebraska alumni, Dominic Rayola, the center for your Detroit Lions. Have you heard about this? Oh, yeah, I heard about that. For mocking incessantly the marching band from Wisconsin, Mm -hmm. calling him any series of really rude words, but we're a family-friendly podcast, so that's not going to happen, but uh, essentially calling the tuba players fat, questioning the uh, proclivities yeah. of the trumpet section. Look, this is as good a time to talk about it as any. I mean, yeah. Dom, uh, Dom, and Sue never had problems being dirty or anything when he was in college. Yeah, because they looked the other way in college. Rayola also never had problems doing anything. It's only when he went to Detroit. Oh, right. Get out of here. Did he learn these bad habits and started to become a... A non-progressive person in our society for both of them. Yeah, he had to he had to issue public apologies. And here's the deal: I'm not upset that he did it. Am I a terrible person? Am I just the worst? Am I just am I are my Detroit Lions glasses that Honolulu blue colored? Apparently, they are. Because I think I think him getting into a little shouting match with the marching band kind of it, it makes me happy in a sad, sad way because what he said was totally inappropriate. And it was absolutely the. I mean, you're making fun of band kids. How low do the fruit have to hang in yeah. order to get over on them? It may as well just be lying on the ground next to the tree, and you kick it. Yeah, it hardly even seems worth it. But when I heard that story, I giggled a little bit. Am I the worst person in the entire world? You are. Oh, all right, cool. Yeah, I'm all right with that. I don't know, making fun of fat kids. I mean, isn't isn't that what those show the Biggest Losers all about? You watch it so you can watch fat people cry and run and lay, and then fall off the treadmill and then just get yelled at by that personal trainer chick. Isn't yeah, that the whole true. show? I thought the show was like the biggest loser. I was like, the whole time I'm watching with my wife, I watched a couple episodes and I was right. like, yeah, oh, that one's clearly the biggest loser. Look at him with okay. his, he's, uh, he's a LARPer too. <laughs> oh, oh! loser. What does that guy do? Go do the Shania fighting with the cardboard tubes and the bamboo? And then she's like, wait, you're supposed to wait until this, they lose weight to see who the biggest loser is. I said, like, well, why? I can tell who the biggest loser yeah, is already. Just watching this right yeah. here, this guy just, you know, he he hasn't uh, he hasn't seen a new television show since MASH. That guy's an I know he's a loser. Yeah, he's an origami champion? That guy's Ooh, a loser. Origami champion. And let's face it, who on the biggest loser doesn't play the tuba? There may be a baritone player mixed in somewhere, but... I guess maybe that's what Dominic Rayola is getting at. He was just calling them the biggest losers, yeah. thinking it was a compliment. Right. I'm justifying these actions. Okay. I don't care. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like you're about to play a football game. Why are you even worried about the, you know, maybe you should worry about. Well, they were very fat. Yeah. And he's a jock from okay. Nebraska. Okay. Well, wait a minute. Okay. Yeah. I see where you're getting at. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So here's what happened. Yeah. Okay. okay you're now that now. you're saying, I, I, yeah, I totally get it. It clicks, right? Yeah. It clicks okay. in my head. So your quarterback is so fat. We're not talking about Matt Stafford. That Dominic Royola has to pretend like other people are as fat as him so that he can get, so he can be, have enough confidence to play the game. Otherwise, he just sits there and eats donuts on the sideline. And then when he, when they call him out, he's got all this powdered, like, sticky sugar on his hands. That's legal, and, sir. That's legal. Yeah, but then he throws interceptions because the, the ball is sticking to his hands. How dare you? Okay, I get it now. Yeah. How, how dare you? That doesn't he's make... motivating his own quarterback to be not as depressed about how fat he is. Get no. it? Yeah, I totally get it. He's not fat! He is not a fat guy. He is a trim, good-looking quarterback. He's so fat that his own center had to pretend like these Wisconsin band people were fatter than him. Well, let's pretend those just Wisconsin... Just so that he could play the... Just so he could... Let's pretend like the band members weren't fat. I mean, let's just start there. I mean, he was only calling them what they were. Let's face it. The trumpet player, maybe a little fruity. The tuba player, probably very overweight. Okay, that's pretty low-hanging fruit. I can't. I can't. I know the people that were in the marching bands. I was friends with the people that were in the marching bands when I was in school. It it just didn't even feel right to troll them. It just didn't. If I sound like I'm not talking very loud, it's just that I'm distancing myself from your comments right now, Ray. How dare you. How dare you? In any case, the thing I did want to talk about, though, so Dominic Rayola, totally justified, right? We're on board with that? Justified the TV show? He loves the show Justified. That's what yeah, I'm talking about, right? he okay. loves the show Justified, that's yeah. fine. Done. But uh, Grand Theft Auto, I just want to put a minute or two, uh, for those of you that might not play video games, shame on you. Uh, Grand Theft Auto? Grand Theft Auto 5. 5, the new one. I mean, we're not talking about the original Grand Theft Auto for the PlayStation 1. 
that was a lot of fun too. Don't get me wrong. But Grand Theft Auto Five coming out. We're both around the same point in the game. We've unlocked all three of the main characters. We've now they're starting to introduce themselves back into each other's lives. I mean, I'm not pretending we're any deep part into the game. I'm sure there's a miserable ton that we haven't done yet. It's kind of like the greatest game ever, right? It's pretty great. It's pretty incredible. And it just makes me sad that there's folks out there that don't get it. That there's people that have moral problems with the game who probably are ignorant of the game. Until you've actually tried it out, you don't really know what this thing's all about, you know? Yeah. How would you even try to describe the game to somebody who has no idea? Well, I would just say it's it's about a game about uh, you know people who have to make choices. Agreed. Choices to make. A lot of moral choices in that game. Now it so happens that these people are on the wrong side of the law. They've conducted their lives perhaps in a very uh, negative way. But I just, I mean, this call comes back to this thing I was telling you about before. But I was listening to another podcast with a guy I respect very, very much, Dave Keckner, and he said on the podcast, "I don't want my kids to play GTA Five, and I get that. I wouldn't want my young kids to play GTA Five either. I would definitely, unless you're in high school." minimum one you're not even going to understand the satire anyway and two it's just going to be a bunch of running around killing people arbitrarily without really understanding the what's behind it but his comment that really drove me a little crazy was you score points for beating a woman to death and that just comes at me like it's just such a statement just coming from straight ignorance and and i like this guy a lot i have great respect for him but it, it clearly comes from a, a place of a guy who doesn't know what he's talking yeah, about. Somebody's told him, "Yeah, you just beat up like you beat up chicks and stuff." And yeah, that's not what the game's about. You don't get points for doing that. There are no points. Like, there's just it's not like Pac Man or Donkey Kong from the 1980s. You don't. You're not trying to amass a high score in this game. Yeah, exactly. To be fair, there are parts where you murder people in the game. There's lots of games. There's movies he's been in where people get murdered. I mean, it's not necessarily about glorification of it. You know. That being said, if you beat, if you just go up to some random woman on the side, you know, on the road, just walking down the street, and you beat her to death, there's a very real chance a cop will come and shoot you and murder you for beating this woman to death. I mean, there are repercussions in the game for doing stuff. Yeah, if you are violent towards people, always there's people call the cops, and there also there's a bunch of cops on you, and there's even if you do bad enough stuff, there's helicopters up above you. The the army will come to murder you. They're going to go straight Ted Kaczynski, Unabomber, Osama bin Hitler on your butt. I mean, it's going to happen. And I'm sorry. Grand Theft Auto uh, is not even close to the only game where violence is done. It's almost in every single game you play. Well, that's the part that kind of, it's like, it's just just the statement of you score points for beating a woman to death said with this sad compassion. Like, there was was honesty in his voice. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Is he talking about Mortal Kombat? Because when you would. You would beat the other character to death. Some of them are women. You, yeah, you would oh. get points for that. You get points for that. Oh no! But I guess I just, this is from the guy who was in the Final Destination movie. I mean, to be fair, I mean, as an outside observer, if I was coming from a place of ignorance, I'd say, and Dave Keckner's in that movie where we we glorify teenagers dying. Oh, Dave Keckner. Oh, Dave Keckner's also in Waiting, Ray. Oh, oh, okay. So if we, he's in waiting, great. So, oh, Dave Keckner, he's in that movie where we where we just sit around and talk about how great it is to spit in people's hamburgers. And, and pull our pubes out and put them in your sandwiches. Oh, that's disgusting. Why would Dave Keckner be a part of that? Why, why is he promoting that? It's, you know, I, to be fair, I'm just saying, if you're going to be down on something, educate yourself in it. Look, I'm a person who will watch any television show. I watched uh, Honey Boo Boo. I seen a Jersey Shore. Uh, I watch Maury religiously. <laughs> um, I've watched, uh, what's another really terrible one? Uh, d- d- Hannah Montana. I watched the Hannah Montana show when it was a thing just because I, if I'm going to be talking about something that seems stupid or something that I know I don't agree with, I watch Fox News all the time, for gosh sakes, because I want to under- try to understand where the people are coming from so I can have an educated opinion about it, not just be somebody who says, well, I won't see that movie because it's this. It's the same reason that, you know, a lot of times people who are atheists are the the best educated about different religions because it's they correct. want to have a, an argument about it and want to be informed. I, I believe it was, and you know, without getting overly political, religious, etc., because that's not what we're all about on this show, but that being said, I mean, you see all those online polls and it's like questions about religion and the folks who don't believe in that religion tend to score higher than the ones who do it, but that's what faith is all about. So it's its own right. deal. It's its own deal. Sure. We got all we got all hardcore on this intro. You did. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, you want to come back and talk about some some sports and make fart noises? Yeah, well, let's not talk about sports.
Okay. Is that a good fart noise? Okay, never mind. Let's talk about sports. Okay, let's just talk about sports after three seconds of Jane's Addiction. All right, we are back. And, uh, Brent, what are you doing right now? Sorry. Let me just. Are you in your laptop again? Yeah. Sorry. I'm, this is important. What I'm, are you doing? I'm just I'm voting on this poll online. Oh, good. No, I'm glad online polls are way more important than the actual show that you're on. Well, to be fair, Ray, I mean, don't you spend a lot of time looking at online polls? No. Big. No, I know where you're going with that. No. <laughs> no is the answer to your question. <laughs> Oh my gracious! Okay, what do you what is what is Sorry, this poll? I, I, I apologize. On. I apologize. Well, it's just there's a list of uh, most important postseason home runs. So I was I was putting David Ortiz of last night at number one. I hate you so much right now. Are you kidding and me? And how dare you? Maybe number two, Scott Putsednik. I don't know. Scott Jeff Kent, Chris Burke, or maybe David Ortiz from 2004. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and choke out Brent, and we'll be right back. Okay, we're back, and Brent's no longer doing the poll anymore. Isn't that exciting? Hey, I'm back. What's wrong with you? In any case, yes, baseball is upon us. It is postseason time. We are down to the final four of baseballs. Did you say baseballs? I did. Interesting. Anyway, St. Louis Cardinals and L.A. Dodgers of Los Angeles playing um, game threes tonight, Monday, as we're recording this. Who you got? Do you still think the Cardinals walk in this, or do the Dodgers put up a little bit more of a fight? I don't know. I'm a little scared about Hinjin Ryu tonight. And Dodgers, you know what? I heard what, Hanley Ramirez is going to... Zangief not available? <laughs> I'll make that joke again. I don't care. I would If I was in game three, I pitch uh, Darcyme tonight because he has long arms he's going to get massive torque he's he's that pitch is going to be coming in a downward you know it's going to be coming down at you it's hard to hit i would actually i'd go more blanca because uh he's got that electrical pull so if the ball mm-hmm. gets hit he can just go all electrified and then bring the ball back to himself with static energy yeah i'd be afraid if i if i got a home run off him he would just run up to me and just start biting my head oh that's a good point that's a great great point and there's your baseball segment, ladies and gentlemen. Hot sports talk right here on Raisin Brands. No, but seriously, who you got in the series? What's going on? No, but Blanca would bite off your head, kind of like how David... I swear to God, what like, is wrong with you? Like how David Ortiz bit off the head of the Tigers last night? Oh, I don't want to talk. So here's the deal. The Tigers... Do you realize the Detroit Tigers are the first team in Major League history to throw a no-hitter through five innings in three back-to-back-to-back playoff games? Mm-hmm. How exciting is that? How locked in are these pitchers right now, with the exception of one toss to David Ortiz in the bottom of the eighth inning? By my twin brother. David Ortiz? No. Benoit, the pitcher. My little brother. Is his name David Benoit? David Benoit Benjamin. Joaquin Benoit? Joaquin. Joaquin? I don't even know where you're going with this. I don't know where I'm going with this. The worst part, now it's not just bad enough that David Ortiz hits a home run to tie it and the Red Sox going to win in the bottom of the ninth against Joaquin Benoit. (sighs) The worst part is he hits it. It doesn't even look like it's that well hit and the right fielder misplays the ball, Torrey Hunter, and flops over the fence falling into the stands and he probably could have caught the ball had he not misjudged it he jumped past it and it landed behind him and i had to watch that clip of his legs going right up in the air on like on loop over and over and over again and the worst part about it was i was out at a wonderful show you should all go see called top story weekly that brent occasionally performs in and i write for sometimes sunday nights the io west TopStoryWeekly.com. Go see it. And I'm in the middle of watching a sketch comedy show, and there's two sketches to go, and suddenly the dude in front of me, who's apparently a Boston Red Sox fan, had no idea, Sean Carlo, wonderful writer, good dude. He all of a sudden, I see him on his phone, and I'm like, what a D. And he just turns, and he, he shows me his phone, and it's a text message from his wife, who's watching the game at home, and it says, I can't bleeping believe it. David Ortiz with a grand slam to tie it, five to five, miracles, exclamation point, smiley face. And he just turns and he just shows it to me. And I just go, I, I need to leave now. I, had to, I left the show halfway through it. I'm the worst person in the world. I'm just owning this right now. But I went out to the bar where I knew that Boston's own hero, Sean Cowig, was the bartender watching the game. And I was able to watch it with Boston fans. 
as we poo the bed to let the series be tied one game to one. Is there a better day to be a Boston fan than yesterday was? How amazing is it to be those folks, right? Because they get the big comeback against Detroit, and they also got the big comeback in the last seconds. The Patriots-Saints Patriots game. How about Saints? that? Gosh, I was, after I played softball yesterday, I was at this place called uh, The Draft, where we go and hang out. Yeah. Uh, it's a nice and, sports bar, yeah, sure. it's a nice sports bar. And uh, there was a couple really annoying Saints fans. And I, you know what? I Look, I have nothing against the Saints. It's a great story. It's cute. It they sounds, won, it sounds they like you have something against the they Saints. They won their one Super Bowl. But, you know, like, don't act like you've been good for 20 years in a row, Okay. Because, you know, who did? Who did? Who did say they're going to beat them Saints? Uh, in three years, it's going to be like, who did? Who did? Who did got the bags on our heads again? Am I right? Well, I mean, they did wear bags on their heads when they were very, very bad for a very long period very long of time. time. Yeah, they were known as kind of the Chicago Cubs-style fans of the NFL, right? I mean, it, it's hard to really argue that. They were like, the, the Tampa Bay at least became good for a while, mm-hmm. and then Warren Sapp got there. They ended up winning a Super Bowl in 2000, right? No, 1999, 98? Sure. Late 90s, early 2000s, they won their one Super Bowl, maybe 2001. I know it was against the Raiders. It was against the Raiders. It was the John Gruden game. I, I can't was, believe I'm blanking on that one right now. I think now. it's more like 2002. Yeah, it, in that zone of time, though. A few years before the Saints went and won it, uh, a few years later. But yeah, they were known as having kind of the poor me fans of the NFL. The Aints, I believe that they were known as. Mm-hmm. But uh, of course, my wife, Melissa, being a huge New Orleans Saints fan, I am not allowed to uh, talk about the Saints in any kind of negative way. So 2002 season. There you go, 2002. As I just said. There you go, good job. Yeah. You're a D. <laughs> <laughs> no, but apparently you have something else you want to say about the Saints. What about, the, what else? You love their fans, apparently. That's what I, I just said. We're talking baseball right now. Fine. So it was, it, was, it, was, it was a good day to be a New England fan. Yes. A Boston area sports fan. But I would like to say you were Detroit Red Wings just today on Monday in a morning game. Beat the Boston Bruins 3-2, to two, thus... Taking it back for the city. In a meaningless regular it. season game. We, what are you talking about? Regular season hockey is the most meaningless <laughs> sporting because there's more yeah. than basketball, more games played than basketball by two, and just as many teams make the playoffs. In fact, I believe more teams make the playoffs than don't make the playoffs, so therefore who? And in hockey, the eight seed LA Kings proved a couple years ago, it really doesn't matter where you finish, you can still win the Stanley Cup Eighth legitimately. Eight and seven seed teams make the the finals all the time in hockey it's just about who gets hot at the end of the season who has the best goalie at the end of the season sometimes we got it back for the city everybody heart plaza let's go red wings let's go red wings hey i'm so glad that the red wings won today making you forget about the crushing detroit loss it was the so Red bad. Red Sox last night and the Michigan loss on Saturday. It was so bad. And the, the, the thing about the Red Sox loss, though, is that it kind of happened when I wasn't looking because I kind of, I literally, I'm not going to lie, we were up 5 nothing. We were no hitting them through five and two thirds innings. It's over. It's over. We're up five runs with Max Scherzer, Max Power, Max Power on the mound. There's no chance Boston comes back, especially the way that they're playing. So I went into the show all happy, and I'm watching a little sketch about a Red Sox fan who's all upset because their team is too good now, and he liked being miserable. And I'm like, tee-hee. Ooh, titter-titter. Wee, that's a fun sketch about a team that isn't going to win this year. Yay, that guy is going to be happy after this gadget is over. It's funny because you sent me a text (sighs) in the middle of the game. And I said, I said, what do you think the chances are that Boston comes back and wins this game? And you said, not good. And then I said, what, like one in a thousand? And you said, more like one in a million. And then I said, so you're telling me there's a chance. I don't think any of that actually happened. Oh, no, wait, that was Dumb and Dumber. That's right. Never mind. Oh, my yeah, gracious. I, I get real life mixed up with Dumb and Dumber sometimes. Uh, well, <laughs> that's probably fair to say. In any case, yeah, it sucked. Hey, Ray, you remember? I'll put a we, face on it. It sucked. You remember when we got on a moped and drove up a mountain looking for this redheaded girl? Yeah. We wore orange and light blue powder suits. Okay, good. I was, I was yeah. hoping that wasn't in Dumb and Dumber also. No, no, no. We did that. Okay, cool. That's the cool, thing cool, we cool. actually yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. And we, her name was Samsonite. I, I peed so much while we were going up the mountain that you were, when I, when we got up off the moped, I was stuck to you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, we were getting gas. Embarrassing and, for me. Yeah, we were getting gas, and I, and I saw somebody had skis on top of their um, car, and I said, are those your skis? And they said, yeah. And I said, both of them? Mm-hmm. No, that really happened. Yeah. That was us. Yeah. Did they make a movie about that? Do you remember when the cop was trying to pull us over? And he drank and, the pee? 
Yeah, well, no, the the other time when he tried to pull us over. Oh, which what's that? When he kept saying pull over, and I said, no, it's a cardigan, but thanks for noticing. That yeah, was great. Yeah. They didn't make a movie about that, though, did they? Yeah, Tom and Dumber. Wait, they took our lives and turned it into a movie? Yeah, it's in both. <sighs> That's, you hear the air going out of the show. <laughs> yeah, we, and, we've wrecked the show. So who you got in the rest of the series? You really think Boston is going to w- ride this momentum I, into Detroit and do this? I think it's still tough for Boston. Boston's. I think it's an uphill battle for them. Yeah. They're really good, yeah. but I don't think the back end of their pitching staff is going to even... They weren't even able to really knock down the Tigers. I mean, we got one run, which is all we needed in game one. Five runs, and then honestly, that's, it felt like they took their foot off the gas pedal. Yeah, it I'd, felt like five is enough to win, and they felt it as well, and then they had to panic when all of a sudden the game was tied. As soon as I saw it was 5-5... Five, five, and I watched them hit the top of the ninth inning, and it was so weak, and they just didn't even look like anything was happening. And then I watched Prince Fielder get fan interfered with and then drop that foul ball out of bounds. Oh, now you're crying for fan interference? Interesting. No, here's the deal. P- Fielder should have still caught it. I have to own that one. Yeah, he didn't really inter- interfere with him. He did touch him. He, he did. did touch him. I think what you're You know what's what- interesting? Did you see the kid? The kid was like... He was like, no, 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 I did this. Like He was yeah. very like informed. What I think happened, actually, is Prince was there, and he was looking for nachos... Like he did that other day, and he didn't see any, and so he was too busy. Like, wait a minute, there's supposed to be nachos right here. I need to look a little deeper in the stands. No nachos. Oh, and the ball just falls, and it hits. And because he like closed his glove too early, and it bounced off the backside of his glove. I mean, it's terrible. I thought, yeah, it did look like he was kind of looking for nachos. But then I thought what happened was there was a guy sitting there wearing this, a big guy wearing a Jabba the Hut shirt, and then he was like, oh, never mind. Stafford's got all these nachos. <laughs> Dang it. Uh, and then he turned back and it was too late to catch it. How dare you? But yeah, that, I, disappointing is not the word that even... They should invent a new word just to express the way Tigers fans feel after game two. I mean, you go look at some of these Tigers like uh, fan sites and whatnot, and you'd think that we just lost the series. Watching even the national media, it's just, oh my God! Oh my God! Roger Clemens is in the box! Red well, Sox have won the World Series after that game! I guess the proof will be no. in the pudding. If the Detroit comes out and is flat in the next couple games, then we'll know right. that it affected them. Right. I, I think that game, Or if Boston comes out super jacked. I think both teams are going to come out jacked. The difference is Justin Verlander. JV. If we get the JV from game five against Oakland, forget it. I don't care how jacked up the Boston Red Sox will be. They're going to strike out a ton, which they've already been doing for the first two games, striking out a miserable amount, and then JV shuts them down. I think that's also going to wake up the Tigers' bats, hopefully. I mean, they have a day to think about it, come back angry. I like an angry Miggy, an angry Prince, because he seems to be laughing over every piece of misfortune that happens. What's that? Tee-hee. Tee-hee, tee-hee. Hey, we just lost the game. It was very important. (laughs) Well, yeah. Makes me upset. But that's just me. So anyway, but who who you got? Well, you know what's interesting though. You know we talked about this too. Detroit, like when they get in those close games in the final innings, they're not good. They're, they have bullpen issues that they were actually able to mitigate. But I'm not talking about that, Ray. I'm talking about exactly Oakland. what you just said. Yeah, they looked like once they got to five to five, it looked like they lost the game. It did, right? Yeah, I got I got to say that it looked like they had put their heads down. We're we're done. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like, no, we were just up five nothing. Let's just get one more run. We can get one more run. Yeah. How about we just put a put a candle on this and call it a day? Right. That's the that's the, the the issue that I've had the Tigers the whole year. One of them, you know, the other one being lack of team speed. The issue I don't have is their starting pitching. It's no, especially those top three. They got three of like, probably the top ten pitchers in the league, right? I mean, you got Max Power, Justin Verlander, and Ani Ball. At any given night, they're me? three of the top six. And guess who you're going to see in the entire playoffs from this point forward? You see Fister only if we're up three games to one. Yeah. And Porcello only coming out of the bullpen. Yeah. I mean, and Porcello. Blech. 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 That's my answer for Porcello. Big Porky coming out the, coming out the pen. Porky pen. Yep. Blech. Well, what are you going to do? Say his name again. Porcello. Blech. That's how yeah. I feel about that. In any case, I do feel the Tigers are going to come back. They're going to come back strong. And I think the LA Dodgers uh, today, Monday, as we record this, and I could be totally wrong, like some other baseball-related podcasts that I occasionally listen to, mm-hmm. who are wrong about everything all the time. Not pointing fingers at you, but you know who you are. You know, that I saw a stat that uh, 78% of the time, whoever wins game two wins the, uh, wins the series. Well, you're saying there's a chance. Cool. So we'll be right back after three seconds of Elvis Presley. Everybody in old rock. 
and we're back, and we're talking some foosball. Fubo. Fubo is... I'll, I'll, I'll lead this one off because I'm so excited. This was my one... I am so excited. Very yes, happy you thing. definitely lead it off because your team is 6-0, undefeated. We're not actually we're not actually six and zero. Oh, did, wait! Did you not have? Did you have? A, did you play a doubleheader one? You're seven and zero. We have not done that. No. Oh, okay. You already had your bye week. You're five and zero. That's what you're saying. We've lost games this year, Brent. We've oh. talked about how we've lost games this year. From the way you're talking, you seem like you've never lost a game. You know. It sure doesn't feel like it because we every four years, much like the Olympics and presidential elections, your Detroit Lions play those dastardly, disgusting, deplorable, disgraceful. Cleveland Browns. The Browns with the orange helmets, inexplicably, get yours dog pound. Okay. You with me here? Yeah, I'm with you. I just, you know, I thought you were leading I was up. monologuing for yeah. a while. I was yeah, going to yeah. just throw it over. Here's the deal. The Detroit Lions are now 15-4 and four all time against the Cleveland Browns. 15-4 and four against the Cleveland Browns, giving them the lowest winning percentage against the Cleveland Browns of any team in the NFL. <laughs> that may actually be the case. God dang it. Sadly, Brian Hoyer went all gimpy legs because he didn't know how to slide. He went for just a little header and then got slumped by a linebacker. So we got 97-year-old quarterback Brandon Whedon drafted in the first round Coming out of college at the ripe old age of 29 a couple of years ago, a move that I immediately, I believe my immediate response to my Browns fan friends was, (laughs) you will suck for longer. Yeah, that's true. And they said, no, he's got fundamentals and he used to be a pitcher and he's got an arm and he can, he can, he can play the foosball and he will waking in a new era of great Cleveland Bra- and no it was I not this, true though, Ray, he is old but at least he's slow at least he's slow and untalented yeah I, but one other thing I enjoyed about watching that game yes the Detroit Lions were down 17 to 7 showing no life in the first half whatsoever just getting beaten just straight up beaten like they were beating us and I don't like to admit that casually they were beating us and I was really getting a little PO'd about it Second half came over, and all of a sudden, I don't know if the Lions remembered that the Cleveland Browns were the Cleveland Browns, or the Cleveland Browns remembered that the Cleveland Browns were the Cleveland Browns. They came out, did not score another point the entire rest of the game. Your Detroit Lions throw three touchdowns to undrafted rookie Joe Fourier. Fantastic. Reggie Bush gets in the act with a touchdown. Matt Stafford goes for four TD scores on the day. Joe Fourier out of UCLA? That is correct. He tore up Nebraska last year, too. Six foot seven. Yeah, he's big, 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 big target. Three catches in the game for Fourier, all of them touchdowns, three scores. And DeAndre Levy on defense, holy crap, coming into this year, it's a quick aside point to bore everyone who isn't a Lions fan. The Lions had one linebacking position with two linebackers from last year's team, Justin Durant and DeAndre Levy. And the attitude of most Detroit Lions fans was, who cares? Bring back the cheaper one. Six of one, half dozen of the other. It's the same player. And let me tell you, we ended up bringing back DeAndre Levy. This guy might be a pro bowler this year. This has been one of the best linebacking years I've seen a Detroit Lion play since Chris Spielman was there. Okay, 15 some odd years ago. He has been so fantastic. He caught two interceptions in the game, was a monster. He ran a guy down from behind in a really long Cleveland Browns play in the first half. The guy has just been absolutely insane good this year, and he he has been the glue holding that entire defense together. Rock on DeAndre Levy. Detroit Lions win the game, go to 4-2, and two, and because seemingly the Packers or Bears also are physically incapable of losing a game, we are still in first place, but my goodness, Bears are 4-2, and two, Packers are 3-2. and two. This is, I will say it right now, the best division in all of football. No, the best division of football is clearly the AFC West because all of the undefeated teams in the NFL are in the AFC West. Yeah, two of the teams are, well, one team is very good, the Denver Broncos. Come on. They're almost 100 points scored higher than second place in the NFL. They're that freaking good. And the Kansas City Chiefs are skating by. They've played one good team all year. And they really, against a regular schedule, if they would have been playing what the Detroit Lions have been playing, probably about 3-3 three three right now. Still be 6-0. and oh. That is outrageous. How they'd dare still you? Still be 6-0. And, oh. and if they played the Detroit Lions every week, they'd still be 6-0. and oh. Here's the thing, though. I mean, the NFL turnaround does happen, right? Yeah. But your Chiefs. Now, yeah. I'm, now I'm talking. Could you have ever perceived the Chiefs starting the season 6-0? and oh, A 2-14 and 14 team that changes coaches and quarterbacks. And really, what else? What I, else did they change? Well, I thought that they was would, it. Yeah, I thought they'd be... 
Well, they, but that's a big change, you know. Those are two huge changes, and but the, it's not supposed only, to immediately result in a team being but I also think this amazing. There's over half of the roster from last year is gone. So even though so they kept six Pro Bowlers and they picked up a bunch of different guys, so they have a guy on the roster right now, Marcus Cooper, right, seventh round draft pick of San Francisco this year, got picked up after the last round of cuts. He got cut by San Francisco, and he's been filling in for Brandon Flowers, our you know Pro Bowl cornerback. Has a touchdown, has two picks, coming up big. San Francisco really and, and this guy, dropped the ball on that one. Well, here's the deal. San Francisco, you know, they picked him up. The guy's only been a cornerback for one year. Is that right? He was a wide receiver until his senior year in college. Wow. And then but he realized some he of those was too guys, slow. Some of those guys, <laughs> he's just one of those guys, right? The guy, like the guy you were talking about, he's just always around the ball. Always around the ball. He's always around the ball. He's just got a nose he's just for got it. A, yeah, he just knows where the ball's going to be. No, and, and here's the deal. The Detroit Lions have lost two games this year. In one of those games against Green Bay, there was no Calvin Johnson. And the other game against the Arizona Cardinals, Reggie Bush went out in the second quarter and just never really came back. He came back and then immediately fumbled the ball inside their own 10-yard line and realized, hey, I'm not healthy enough to play football right now, and got out the game. So it just I think there's a holy triumvirate for Detroit. There's Calvin Johnson, Reggie Bush, Matt Stafford. If all three are on the field, I don't see how we can possibly lose the game. When we, when we take out one piece of that equation, it's like a house of cards. The whole thing just falls inside of itself. Yeah. Well, how do you think? So, so Denver is 107 points better than the six teams they've played so far. Yeah. How many points better are the Chiefs than the six teams they've played? 16 points? No, be real. How many points? I don't know. 25. 87 points. So almost the same wow. as Denver. <laughs> That's pretty good though, but the Chiefs yeah. are not. But that's the difference though. Is Denver's defense is horrible this horrible. year? They gave up how many points to the Jacksonville Jaguars? Is it twenty four, twenty five points? Yeah, something like that. It was at least twenty. Yeah. And if you're if you're one of these dum dums out there who, when you saw the spread was twenty seven points for Denver over Jacksonville, and you ran off to Vegas or you called up your bookie with a giggle on your face, and you took the Denver Broncos in that game plus twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty six points, whatever it was. You are the reason that Vegas has such nice casinos because that bet had stink written <laughs> all over it. I was listening to an interview with a Vegas insider guy on the radio on, on Saturday morning talking about college and pros. And all he said was, all the smart money. I do not know a single professional gambler who isn't taking Jacksonville in this game. Your dumb frat guys are all taking Denver thinking they're so smart, easy money, and they're all not affording beer this weekend. Yeah, I had a buddy who was like, yeah, I knew I was supposed to be betting on Jacksonville, and I did, but I teased it just in case, which means the betting terms means I actually got five more points. Yeah. So you know, I got 33 points instead of 28. <laughs> It's ridiculous. I mean, what are we? What is this? What is this? This is Alabama versus Western Arkansas State. I mean, come on. No, and that's in college football. Sure, teams run up the score seventy to three all the time. Baylor, looking at you, but in the pros, that does not happen. There's too much pride, too much talent. And let's face it, any smart person looking at this game will say, "Hey, here's what's going to happen. Either Jacksonville is going to play the game of their lives, the most insane game physically possible, and keep it close until the end, and then Denver will pull away, which is what happened in the mm -hmm. game." Yeah. Or Denver's going to cruise off and score, rip off 24, 28, 31 points, and then just take Peyton Manning out and cruise control the rest of the way. And Chad Henney, Chad Henney, Justin Blackman's back. Cecil Shorts is still there for Jacksonville. They can do a little bit on offense now that Blaine Gabbert's hurt. Yeah. Chad Henney is a professional quarterback yeah, from the University of Michigan. He went for 300 yards passing in that game. They look so much better with Henney than they do with Gabbert. And it just has to do with Henney just seems like he kind of knows what he's doing he's back there. He's a competent there. quarterback. Yeah, he's a competent quarterback. He's a great guy to have as a backup. I don't know if you want him as your starter. On short periods of time, yeah. Chad Henney will get you everything you need. He's like Matt Castle. Yeah, he's a Matt Castle. I mean, Sean Hill for the Detroit Lions right now is probably the most competent backup in the league. I mean, because we need one because Stafford had that injury problems. Uh, uh, reputation, at least, as of a couple until a couple seasons ago when he proved he could do it for a long term. But that being said, Chad Henney, he's a good Number two. Speaking of, uh, you know, backup quarterbacks, Who's your quarterback buddy, your buddy, the luckiest man in the NFL, Matt Flynn, just got signed by the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, Matt Flynn. How bad? Do you, I mean, listen, we all know that Manuel is the answer there in Buffalo, right? Thaddeus Lewis came in, played his little heart out. Played his freaking nads off and almost knocked off the Cincinnati Bengals with two late touchdowns, losing in the middle of overtime to a field goal. How sad would it be? Thaddeus Lewis is like, dude, I just 
played a man's game. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to give it up to the Buffalo Bills in that game. He played a man's game. He showed he might have what it takes to be a professional-level quarterback. Even right. if it's only a Chad Henney level, he at least belongs in the league. I think he showed that with that game against Cincinnati. And what did the Buffalo Bills do to reward him for such a good game? Mm-hmm. They signed Matt Flynn. Yeah. Career number three, who's going to be making what? I mean, probably not six, eight million dollars a year like he typically gets to not play football. But <laughs> Matt Flynn, the luckiest man on Mars. So they, they signed Matt Flynn. Of course, he is going to back up Lewis, though. Well, that's the plan now. It depends on how Lewis does. You know, I mean, that's fair. Like, give you got to give Thaddeus Lewis every chance to uh, to get that. Thaddeus Lewis traded to the Buffalo Bills from what team earlier in this year, right before the start of the season? No clue. Your Detroit Lions. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I just think it's exciting that another Lions quarterback goes and has success somewhere. Yeah. Of course, he lost. <laughs> but let's well, not worry about hey, that. Here's the deal. You know, you try to graze and. Matt Stafford's pasture, you're going to get sent off somewhere else because there's no grass left after Matt Stafford eats all of it, although he doesn't eat grass. If it was a grass field made out of you know French fries drenched in ranch sauce, that would be the Detroit Lions grazing fields. Are you done? Are you talking to me or Matt Stafford? Well, I'm... Because if it was Matt Stafford, he'd be like, no, I'm get out of my field. I'm grazing. My gracious. More ranch, please. <laughs> He's not fat! Why do you keep saying that? Right, if he's not fat, then why do people always make fat jokes about him? Only you! You're the only person that makes fat jokes. Yeah, so it doesn't make any sense if I made fat jokes and he wasn't fat. I swear to God, I just, I can't, the words. Any words other, are hard, I know. Any other games you want to talk about? The Chiefs game was pretty great. Offense looked terrible. I got to say, the offense looked terrible, but that defense. It's not a great offense. You got Jamal Charles and you don't make mistakes. That defense. I'm solid. I'm starting to love this defense. Right, six games, sixty-five points. Man, sixty-five points. What's the combined win-loss of your all your opponents so far this year? I'll, they have like I'll, five wins between them combined, and the Raiders have two of them. Okay, so let's just compare. Let's just compare the records, and we won't worry because your team is six and zero. So obviously, there's six wins in there. My team is four and two. Yeah, so there's four wins in there. I'm sure. I'm sure it's going to be about the same, right? What's yours? Did. Overall record of the Detroit Lions opponents is 15 and 18. 15 and 18. 15 and 18. There are 15 wins because mm-hmm. we played the 3 and 3 Cardinals, the mm-hmm. 3 and 3 Browns, the 4 and 2 Bears, the 3 and 2 Packers, and then we got two scrub teams, the Redskins and the Vikings, bringing okay. it down. But 15 and 18 is pretty darned good. And the Chiefs is 11 and 25. 11 and 20. <laughs> <laughs> but. Oh, you're right. They would be 11 and well, what was 19. Your team? This is 15 and 18. 15 and 18, right? Right. Okay. So minus 4, minus nine, minus 2, minus 4. So I'm taking your shoes off? What are we doing? Doing some hard math over there. Yeah, I don't know. Just looking. 13, 14. 13 and 14. 13 and... If if they don't... Taking out our games. 13 yeah. and 14. And the Chiefs is still 11 and... Even if you take out the Chiefs games, they're 11 and 19. Not great. Terrible. Yeah. That's my point. You just made my point for me. Well, uh, we have beat two teams that are division leaders right now. Have you beat two teams that are division leaders right now? Let me see. The Browns at 3-3, three and three, I believe, are at least tied for the division lead. And let me see here. The Bears are also tied for the division lead at 4-2. and two. Okay. Well, so we both beat two division leaders. There you go. Yeah, but your divisions were crap. What do you mean? The t- these two teams are tied for the NFC East? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you just made my point, Brent. Thank you very much. Anything more you want to say about the Chiefs? Point is, I wish we played Detroit so Matt Stafford's belly would get knocked off. Man, Terrell Pryor felt bad for him yesterday. He got sacked ten times. Yeah, and he ran and got hit a bunch more than that. Yeah, I know. There's a couple times when he, he got like uh, intentional grounding for, for like trying to throw it away. And he's <laughs> when an Ohio State quarterback takes a pounding like that, I just think to myself... That's just called Sunday. Well, when an Ohio State quarterback takes a pounding like that, I think to myself, better in the NFL than in prison, which is the other place where they're most likely to end up if the NFL doesn't work out for them. Wow. I went there. That's right. Send your hate letters to Podcast at gmail.com. The Lions next, the hard part of the Lions schedule is over. Like these six games, four of them were on the road mm-hmm. against a whole, I mean, Green Bay on the road is rough. At Arizona is rough for us. At Washington is rough for us. We came out of all this four and two. 
undefeated at home and two and two on the road for the Detroit Lions. Uh, trust me, I, what did I say before the season? Three and three, I would have been very, very happy with. Four mm-hmm. and two, I'm ecstatic about, especially mm-hmm. knowing we have the next two games at home against Cincinnati and Dallas. Hey, two division leaders, according to your perspective. I didn't say they're good. I said they're division leaders. But I don't think either of those two teams. Cincinnati is a different team on the road. They are bad on the road. And Dallas, you just don't know what you're going to get. But I do know it won't be very good, <laughs> especially on the road. Who do you guys get next? I'm sure it's some great team, right? Some yeah. division leader. Hey, Who you got? It's a team that's probably should be favored to go to the Super Bowl in the AFC, the Houston Texans. Oh, your Super Bowl prediction. Yeah. Yeah, the two and four Texans. Team disappointment. Matt Schaub is now injured. Right. They're due. They're due. Yeah, Matt Schaub is injured. That give That means they're better. By the way, huh? You remember last year, Eric Winston, Matt Matt Castle got hurt, and people saw Brady Quinn warming up, didn't know Matt Castle was hurt, and were cheering. They were cheering for the backup quarterback. Very popular thing to do in, yeah. in bad sports towns. Yeah, so, I know about that. So so then uh, Eric Winston says, oh, they were cheering because Castle got hurt. That's classless. He opened his big fat mouth, and then he got cut by the Chiefs. Eey. And now Matt Schaub... Goes out of the game, gets injured. His former team, Matt Schaub, those Houston fans that are so great in his opinion, and they clearly booed. They clearly cheered because there was like five or six players talking about this. Very clearly there was cheering there was happening cheering when he went down with his when ankle he went injury. Down with the injury. Well, uh, Eric Winston, why don't you open your big fat mouth now and talk about how bad the Houston fans are. I didn't hear you talking about how bad they were yesterday. And you trolled him about this on Twitter. Oh, yeah, of course I've I did. I've seen that. Well, what, what was his response? There was no response. Oh. Look, please, I wish trolling implies he wrote you back. No, I trolled him. I look, there's a message in his in his box with me saying, "Why don't you open your big fat mouth again?" Well, how stupid is it down in Houston right now? Look, I don't have necessarily any love for the people of Texas because you know some might say they're gun-toting redneck hillbillies mm-hmm. who have no idea what's going on in the rest of the world. And I would say, Ray, some they, might say that. Right? They don't all have guns. It's <laughs> fair. I mean, a couple of fans went to Matt Schaub's house a week ago mm-hmm. and harassed and took pictures of his family and, quote-unquote, the fan gave him a piece of my mind. He's a professional quarterback for your team, and you're going and you're yelling profanities at him and then bragging about it afterwards? Well, That's dumb. Clearly, the piece of his mind, you know, he doesn't have much to spare. Clearly not. I mean, to be fair, it did happen in Texas. Wouldn't it have been great if, you know, according to the Texas law, if you are trespassing on someone's property like that, they can pull out a gun, chase you down the street, and murder you. Yeah. And it's legal. I wish Matt Schaub would have just done that. Is that wrong for me to wish murder on people? No. It was just so outrageous to I me. Mean, I'm so angered by these stupid Houston fans. And then they cheer when he gets hurt a week later? To quote J.J. Watt, he has a wife and a kid. Yeah. Z- plural. I didn't really quote him very well just there, did I? No. Not really at all. But, you know, that's but the point was made. Yeah. Well, look, here's the deal. That was classless by Eric Winston, clearly. And I, I blame Eric Winston. I don't think the fans, I mean, come on, dude. Half the fans of the game are freaking drunk, okay? But here's the deal. They're usually not cheering because the guy got hurt. They're cheering because, you know, they're excited about the backup coming into the game. This guy's been playing terrible. They're cheering for any kind of change because they're playing terrible. It's not the best thing in the world to do, but, you know, you don't you as a player on the field don't know what's inside of these people's heads that what why they're doing what they're doing so shut up I, to be fair though i mean when Schaub got hurt it was an unfortunate coincidence because the scoreboard operator had just posted on the jumbotron what do you think about secessionism right and then they went nuts i mean it's gonna happen mm-hmm. it's just gonna happen down there in texas what can i say yeah they had a big poll it's like cheer if you think matt stafford's fat and it was just like raucous <laughs> Hey, by the way, I'm sure this will go back back and forth, you know, over the whole season. But you know, Seattle set that sound record at the game the other week, and of course, they did. Can- yeah, Kansas City had all these things saying, "Well, come on!" I was watching their Dime Vision said, "Show Seattle the." Let Seattle hear you, and they beat Seattle's record. And I'm sure Seattle will come back over the top next week. Yeah, next week they'll just do it over the top, like a Sylvester Stallone yeah. movie about arm wrestling. Although it's getting so high, you know, like 137 decibels, 140 decibels is supposed to be if you're standing next to a jet airplane. Yeah. That's pretty loud. That's pretty good. I mean, Kansas City has always been known for having great home crowds. You, get, yeah. you can't take it away from them. Anyway, we're running super long right now, so we'll be right back to wrap up the show after three seconds of Bob Marley. I shot a and there we're back. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Chef boy. Solid episode in the can. In the pooper. That's what you meant, right? No. No. Did you just puig one? Yeah. 
Oh, gracious. No, I didn't. Okay, so we're going to wrap up the show right now because, uh, you know, that's what we do here on the show. We wrap it up. Wrap it up. So if you want to contact us, as I said before, you can uh, email the show, raybrentpodcast at gmail.com, or go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash raybrentpodcast, or Twitter at us. Is that a thing? Twitter at us? Is that a verb? Uh, Sure. Tweet at us. Okay, there you go. What's wrong with you? What are you staring at? I, I just noticed that this article on ESPN is written by a guy. I went to college with that guy. Ah, uh, nice. Mitch Sherman, what up? Hey, Mitch Sherman. You're a dick. Is he a dick? No. Oh. Nice guy. Or you can tweet at us, at Ray Brent Podcast, or just tweet at me personally, because you want to keep Brent out of it. I wouldn't blame you for that. At Almighty Ray. Or if you want to have fun and have intelligent conversations, you can get me at Scoops Pope. Oh, that's fantastic. Also, please go on to iTunes. Do us a favor right now. Subscribe to the show. Go and give us five stars on iTunes. Give us a nice glowing review. It really helps us just get a little bit of pub out there. It really just does us a favor. And if you want to, put whatever you want in the comments box after you give us the five-star review. Say something funny, something witty, something stupid. We'll read it on the air. We don't care. You want to know how much shame we have? None. None whatsoever. Are you kidding me? And also, is the Midnighters still taking money? No. We got all the money for the Did you get the money? Is it made? Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. That movie's going to be sweet when it gets made. That movie's going to be sweet. I'm so excited for you guys. You were up against it with five days to go. Yeah. And you made it. Got the money. Show me that money, money, money. money. We got all the money, money, money. Not to be confused with Monet, 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 like the Impressionist painter. And Manet, the other Impressionist painter. That should be, that's a better version of that song. Yeah. Manet, 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 because it's uh, Monet, Monet, Monet. Is that... I think we're done, Brent. Yeah. Okay, everybody. We'll see you next week. Go Tigers. Go Lions. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. You're gonna have to drag me out in chains. What you wanted And then you run and you flaunt it I've got something to You're gonna have to drag me out in chains You're gonna have to drag me out in chains You always get what you wanted but well, then, then you got because you farted. Or I'll be there for sure. Yeah. And then we cut it out. You're going to have.